know what happened. It smells to high heaven. This is Armstrong and Getty. This is democracy. So when you guys are supposed to cheer. Um, guys, I can tell you emphatically, no. How dare you? You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. And everyone in the country knows. Not uh, good. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Because you've got dumps like a truck, truck, and thighs like what, what? This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. It is a dimly lit room where? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, on a Tuesday, it feels like a Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The Chinese Communist Party, oppressing you for your own good since 1949. Congratulations on your birthday. Now under new management. Uh, 70 years ago today, Chairman Mao stood in the... Stood in Tiananmen Square yep. and proclaimed it a, uh, a new thing. And everybody cheered. And he ran the joint till, what, mid-70s? The Bee Gees ruled the charts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then power was taken over by a guy named Dung. <laughs> and he oppressed the people, too. Well, then Although a, less. Then a, yeah, then a couple of people came along, and uh, it seemed like it was going the right direction there for a while. And up until fairly recently, and for some people still, they believe the Communist Party. Oh, no, it's 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 changed. It's a, it's a different thing now. It's it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, just try to dissent. Quote from Mayor Bloomberg yesterday, oh, former boy. mayor of New York City. Did you see that? No. Where uh, he said she is a is a um, is only interested in about his constituents and making their lives uh, better. And uh, China is no no country to be uh, feared. And it just so, so some people are still just wrong. But anyway, so well, the went, first part may be right to some extent, but the, the idea of a misguided leader who ends up being terrible, it's not unknown in history. It happens. Now, he's a terrible, evil person from the root, I believe. She's a dictator. He is absolutely. But so, yeah, China went the right direction a little bit for a little while, fooled everybody. And now, from what I read, it is, uh, it is, it is considered just. No knowledge. We made a 25-year bet on China and lost the bet. We were wrong. Right. We invested in them, gave them money to to build their society, thinking if they got pulled into the whole capitalism, making money thing, they would be part of the world community and care about human rights and be good people. Right. And we were wrong. It didn't work that way. They spent all their money to, uh, to want to oppress their people and expand and oppress the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. China is asshole. Yeah, amen to that. Well, and become such a, and and this may or may not be true, but such an indispensable trading partner that we have to put up with their abuse. Which uh, may or may not be true. What I don't like is the uh, the business leaders that continue to lie to us and act like, no, no, China is great. We're just partners and we're working together and everything like that. They don't. They don't have a million people in concentration camps right now. Right. Yeah, they're making progress on human rights. Exactly. 
Slow progress. Uh, and there is a headline like my today. progress on losing weight. Oh, boy. It's, uh, progress in name only. Did I have a binge last night? Oh, oh really? Oh, man, I had had a good week, a really good week. I was down to a number I hadn't it's seen. Tuesday. I was down to a number I hadn't seen Thursday. in a long time. It's Tuesday, but you know what happened last night? For some reason, my wife decided to make chocolate chip cookies. Mm. <laughs> and so there was a big bowl of chocolate chip cookie dough mixed up. Sitting there uh, on the counter, and it just... Uh, so you didn't even wait until the cookies were born? No. I so just went right into the wow. dough. Well, she let she let each of the kids have a little spoonful of chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh, yeah. Well, the Papa Bear, he gets the biggest spoon. <laughs> yes, Sean? You were reducing your carbon footprint by not requiring the cookies to be heated yes. to be eaten. Absolutely. It was, right. it was environmentally well conscious. Well played. And we're doing it for the polar bears. Little Greta Thunberg would approve. <laughs> How green of you. <laughs> you have stolen my cookie dough and my dreams. What I need to recognize is that I need to not take the first bite of any of these things. Because if I hadn't had a bite of cookie... First of all, I had no plans to eat chocolate chip cookie dough last night. It's not like I was going to go to the store and buy it or make it or anything like that. Mm. But if it's sitting there on the counter, and I, every time I walk by, I can have a spoonful. I'm going to. Alternate technique. I've employed this. You go with a spoon, maybe even a big spoon. You take an absurd amount, amount, an amount that you're immediately ashamed of. Get the shame going early and then eat it as slowly as you can. You're ashamed then at the way you feel and you stop. Shame. If you shame. try to get shame. <laughs> shame. Shame. If you try to go in easy, I'm just going to have a little That's bit. That's what I did. You know, I'll have a little bit more. It's very good. And then <laughs> this, this last little bit is the last one. No. No. Go immediate gluttony. Immediate shame. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, I felt sick when I went to bed last night. Just full on sick. Yeah, that's a good, good way for a grown man to feel. <laughs> At his own hands. <laughs> How'd you get sick? Cookie dough. <laughs> I ate too much cookie dough. How? <laughs> How old are you? What are you, six? <laughs> That's the only way for him to learn, honey. Like a, he has children of his own. Because <laughs> like a 10-year-old wouldn't do that. You'd have to be like a six-year-old or mm. a four-year-old that would eat it until they got sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. Uh, there's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. I'm sick from eating Laffy Taffy and lots of Mike and Ike's. <laughs> Uh, geez. That's not, not better, really, or worse than cookie dough. No. It's embarrassing. I'm just I'm just laughing, Jack, because I would have done the same thing. Were any cookies actually baked, or did you guys just eat it all, all raw? I think she made cookies after I went to bed. What, but... Like three three little cookies? <laughs> With what little dough was left? She took the tiny little bit of dough left and made a couple cookies. Yeah. <laughs> sort of nice. a consolation prize. <laughs> I was laying there in bed thinking, what is wrong with you? Mm. With a vomit bowl next to me in case I have to throw up in the middle of the <laughs> oh night. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's positive Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well, uh, although I did suffer a, a small set. Now, I'm I'm very tough. It takes a lot to, to put me on the sideline. Everybody knows that. Uh, but I, I was carrying very heavy things over uneven ground, and I, it, took, it took a bit of a misstep. Turned an ankle, not too bad. I'm fine. I iced it down a little bit. Thirty minutes on, thirty minutes off. You know, you gotta, you gotta get get the the blood flowing back to it. And uh, but every now and then, most notably, like when I get up from a chair, I forget that I have a hurt ankle, and I put all my weight on the. Ah! Yeah, you might be headed to this point. When Joe yeah, and I yeah, turned yeah. forty, we took uh, phone calls from people. 
And I rem- the one that stuck out the most in my mind was that uh, middle age is when you think, I'll be back to normal here just as soon as I get over this. Right. And you never get over all your stuff. And there's in always a there's weeks, always a this. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, I'll feel <laughs> as good as ever. Yeah. <laughs> Having yeah. never had a this hardly ever your whole life, all of a sudden, uh-huh. it's my ankle, then it's my back, and then my stomach is kind of weird. My neck. I got like a <laughs> shoulder thing. Yeah. It's just always something. Yep. And that was pretty accurate. Yep. That, that was pretty good advice. There's uh, Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha? Well, speaking of getting older, we have a presidential birthday for the record books. Jimmy Carter celebrating his 95th birthday, becoming the first U.S. president to reach that milestone. Hmm. 95. He and his lovely bride are going to go out and build uh, homes for the poor once again here in another month or so. So he was... He's been out of the the White House for almost 40 years. And he was 25 when China was established? Yes. That's incredible. He was a full-grown man in the world, married with kids. Yep. When China, the Communist Party, took over and established, that's incredible. He was a grown man, right, with kids rooting for the other side and thought, damn, the commies won. Well, we'll have to see how this goes. How bad can it be? Jimmy Carter's net worth, a cool $7 million. And it is actor, comedian, and between two ferns host, Zach Galifianakis. He is 50 today. His net worth, Zach's net worth, $20 million. I've been on a roll watching those Between Two Ferns uh, yeah. YouTube videos. <laughs> right. Very those, funny. They are all funny. Yeah. By the way, I got the quote exactly from uh, Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg, former mayor of uh, New York, said yesterday as we head into the 70th anniversary of the Communist Party of China, um, uh, Xi is not a dictator. Said, Michael Bloomberg is officially mentally ill. And he I lists- mean, I know he has a softness for controlling people for their own good. That has become infinitely clear. But that to to say those words out loud brands you as dangerously detached from reality. She is not a dictator, and the Communist Party listens to the public on issues like air pollution. That is just well, fantasy land. Well, uh, all right. You know. We can talk more about that. Later. Yeah, there's a shred of truth. Much like uh, the shred of pork you get in cheap uh, mushu. Uh, just what? a shred, though. Speaking of Chinese-American relations, Sino-American relations, I do enjoy the mushy pork. Mm. Don't don't mention food to me. I could vomit. I mm. really could vomit. Oh, you say it like that's a bad thing. Vomiting? I think it'd be that'd be I, really that would be no. the most talked about segment of the show today. And if, I was, if we could merely through our words get you to vomit. And I was laying in bed last night thinking the best thing I could do for me right now is get all this cookie dough out of me. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack really Armstrong. sick to my stomach, and I, I threw up yesterday. Exactly. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Tuesday, October 1st, a brand new month. The rent is due. The rent is too damn high. We are Armstrong Amen and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's make a great leap forward into the Armstrong and Getty show, precisely according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go. At Mark. Can I press these buttons? These buttons need to be pressed. No, they're good. Is that a Cleveland Brown? Yeah. <laughs> Are you a Cleveland Brown? You're my dad. Oh, yeah. I recognize you. Yeah. You're my dad. Your name's... <laughs> I forgot your name. What the what? That's the latest uh, filming your son. Uh, after I believe this kid was getting his arm casted, and he was under some sort of uh, medication to help oh, with the pain. Wow. And the family uh, caught him in the midst of some rant of... Uh, hey, these. What are these buttons? These buttons need pushing, which is the most relatable thing I've ever heard. I, <laughs> I and I know what we'll do. Let's make him the object of international mockery. 
Wow, that is that's an interesting idea. Uh, maybe we'll discuss that more later. What well, are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, the Hong Kong protests have just taken a dangerous turn as China rolls out a new generation of missiles. We've got yet another twist in San Francisco's bum explosion, Boulder War, and red meat, red meat, is it healthy to oh, eat? I'm so excited about that story, Yeah, if you haven't heard it. Yeah. Uh, how, well, that's a that's a, uh, a hint. <laughs> well, and mostly because, once again, they're completely backtracking on what they've been telling us for decades about what Love to eat. Life. Oh, we changed our mind. We Nutrition com- guidelines are tarot cards. We're, we, yeah, exactly. We were completely wrong for the last 40 years. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's fine and dandy. Wisdom, Jack, is our theme. Wisdom. Wow, all in the way next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Marshall will have it in his news. Somebody's been shot in Hong Kong. It's the first time somebody's been shot with live ammo in this whole thing that's been going on for two and a half months. Mm. Three and a half months. And it's seen as a major turning point. It's a turning point. Yeah. Unless it was one just dope who wasn't supposed to. I'm on the side of the protesters without question, but... I'm not sure one person getting shot with all the hubbub they've got going on is, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's a different thing. Well, speaking as a guy who grew up in Chicago, uh, what? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of Chicago, their communist mayor, so out of control. Oh, my God. London Breed is, she is to the left of, of Gavin Newsom, the, the gruesome Newsom, the governor of California. She's, she's to the left of about anybody. Their mayor's name is London? Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's uh, that's the gal in uh, San Francisco. Um, Lori Lightfoot is the uh, woman in, in uh, Chicago. That's a cool name. Um, which one? Lori Lightfoot? They're all cool names. Yeah, very good. Is that how you judge? That's, I'm about policy. Mailbag. I pretty much go if you got a cool name or not. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from James Madison, the father of the Constitution, don't you know? Tiny little man. It was a difficult birth, took years. Yeah, he was. He was very small. 5'4", they say. About 100 pounds. We are right to take alarm at the first experiment upon our liberties. That's old-timey talk for don't let it go too far. Camel's nose under tent. Don't let it even start. Give him an inch, huh? Jim Madison right there. Jeff, with a nice note, really enjoyed the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast yesterday. Uh, Jack was absent, uh, but it, here's what you missed. A fascinating discussion of nickel, the wonder metal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Jeff says you need nickel. It's softer than chrome, so it does not scratch motorcycle exhaust while scraping your girlfriend's melted sneaker off. The periodic table makes it all clear. Ask Simple Jack. He knows you're the math guy. Fantastic. Yeah. I, how, so you can use nickel to scratch melted girlfriend shoe off of exhaust pipes. Mm. That's fantastic. And your girlfriend will put her shoe on your tailpipe, and that will happen. Yes. I don't remember exactly what happened. I put my calf on my tailpipe. Everybody does oh. that. Once. And, uh, I Everybody does that once. I don't think I needed to clean off the tailpipe. I think... I just cooked off. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, hmm, notable. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, Travis writes, uh, listening to the story about the San Francisco folk dragging the boulders onto the sidewalks to keep the drug dealers uh, and uh, people out. Wait a minute. I thought walls don't keep people out. Is this the border wall solution? Just a line of rocks? Hmm. No, I don't think so, Travis. Space age, uh, advanced steel slats, too high to climb. We've got professional mountain climbers. That's all they do, climb mountains. I don't need that. I don't like to climb mountains. They can have it. One of Trump's greatest hits. (laughs) Oh, we're going to later in the show, significantly later, talk to one of the uh, San Franciscans who's anti-Boulder, who thinks it's just uh, mean to the the good, honest, hardworking uh, homeless folk who are uh, dangerous drug dealers. But uh, we'll, we'll ask her about that. As a daily freeloader, Cheerio Thief uh, podcast listening bum, writes Darren. At least he knows who he is and what he is. I'd be happy to donate a few bucks for Michael's wedding. He should set up a GoFundMe page. Oh, jeez. So the rest of us freeloaders can lessen our guilt. If he raises enough money, maybe Gladys can play harp at the wedding. She does not work cheap. <laughs> they can't afford Gladys. That'd be fantastic if Gladys played harp at your wedding. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. So, Michael, how do you feel about that? A GoFundMe page. Beg uh, listeners for money to help pay for your wedding. I know. I'll talk to my fiance about that. But generally, when you do a GoFundMe, there has to be, you know, something they get. Yeah. I I couldn't do that. You got to let all the listeners. You got to let all the listeners who donate come to your wedding, I think. It's the only way. Do you want all the listeners at your wedding? I'm not sure. (laughs) Exclusive access to your blog about the wedding night. (laughs) How about that? Uh, Marshall's News next. what I think is the most important impeachment story of the day. Mm. There will be impeachment stories every day for the next many, many months. Most of them will not be important or really even things you need to know at all. But I have what I think is the most important impeachment story of the day and the only one that really matters. Doesn't That's just that you've made me feel bad about the impeachment stuff I have now. Okay. You said yours is the only one that matters. Selfish. I do think it's the only one that matters. I'll explain in a little bit. Now he said it again. <laughs> yes. Uh, news now. Mar- the, the term repeated abuse springs to mind. <laughs> news now. Marsha Phillips. Well, things have taken a turn for the worse in Hong Kong, where police say a pro-democracy protester was shot in the chest by an officer with a live round during street clashes today. This is a big escalation in the use of force by police in the semi-autonomous Chinese city. Well, again, I'm not on the side of the the Chinese mafia running that country. I think China is an evil force on the earth that needs to be recognized as such. China is asshole! But but if if one guy in in a giant melee that's been going on for 13 weeks did something he wasn't supposed to do, I don't think that's an escalation in things or a change in anything. Well, until now, though, the police had only used measures like rubber bullets and water cannons. Now they're using live ammo. This protester says the demonstrations will not stop. This is the only way we can speak out. So I think there's no other way to let the government know we are still fighting until we get the message and we get the answer that we want. That is correct. I would be a bad person to have involved in the uh, Hong Kong protests because I would repeatedly say they are going to get their way either today or next month or at the end of next year. But they are going to win this battle and we have no choice. So we're either going to move all of us to a different country, or just decide we're going to live under uh, communist Chinese rule. 
The great James Madison, who we quoted only moments ago, would have pulled himself jacked to his full five feet four and punched you right in your balls for that attitude. <laughs> you keep fighting for freedom just because that's what you got to do. Maybe things change. Maybe something else happens. Maybe you wear them down. Maybe you don't, but you'll, you'll you know, go down a hero. Better to die on your feet than live on your knees, huh? I moved. To of course, you're on your knees because you just got punched in the balls <laughs> by a founding father. And I ate too much cookie dough last night. Right. Today's protest coming as China celebrated 70 years of communist rule, rolling out. You their... Celebrate that? How many? How many of the people in the countryside would literally celebrate it if they if they weren't being watched on a camera and part of their social credit score would change? That that is part of it. Although the uh, standard of living has skyrocketed in the country. Oh, no doubt. In the last 50 no years, doubt. I mean, there's just no arguing that. Well, China... they, they joined modernity to some extent, and. To whatever extent their standards of living have risen, it's because of the free market and the dirty commies' participation in the free market. China rolling out new missile technology, particularly a hypersonic ballistic nuclear missile believed capable of breaching anti-missile shields deployed by the U.S. and its allies. It's called the Dongfeng-17. Stand out among the weapons showed off at that military parade. Somebody's got to tell them not to name an enormous tube a dong. I understand it's a Chinese name. It's, a, it's, it's just bad. It doesn't translate. It's Sit- like the uh, you know, legendary Nova story. It means won't go in Latin America. Right. You can't use that Chevy. The city of San Francisco removed boulders that a group of neighbors put out on the sidewalk last week in an effort to deter the homeless from staying there, including drug users who were shooting up on site. So it turns out it's drug dealers. They set up big drug dealing tents. I mean, they set up an office, and the neighbors weren't having it. God bless them. So I understand the argument for putting the boulders there. You don't want druggies on your sidewalk. What's the argument for getting rid of the boulders? The city said the problem wasn't the two dozen or so boulders on the street in the neighborhood themselves, but that they were too small and were a safety concern because they kept being pushed back out into the street. Brave social justice warriors who said you're victimizing the most vulnerable among us Uh, kept pushing them into the street. uh, In fact, the city said they would work with the residents to come up with a more permanent solution that could involve using even larger boulders. I just find it hilarious that so uh, the rocks could be a danger. I might not see them on my trip over. Now, drug addicts, drug dealers, human poo, needles... Ah, yeah, it's okay. You just have that out there for the kids to go. But but a rock, kids could trip over a rock. So but again, no, it's not the problem. The, the problem is not that that the rocks were on the sidewalk. It's that activists kept pushing them yes. into the street. Yes. The city of San Francisco, which is liberal by Chinese communist standards, is with the people putting rocks on the sidewalk. Yes. They've said, "Hey, let's get some bigger rocks that people can't move." What's the argument from the rock pushers? I already told you what it is. You're scapegoating and, and oppressing the most vulnerable among us, the homeless. And we have a story later yeah. that the popular app Nextdoor, uh, people are worried that it's become too anti-homeless. People, One more reason to get on Nextdoor, people folks. In, It'll help you route out the bums and junkies. People in neighborhoods are using Nextdoor to complain about the homeless situation. That is Perfect. just not nice. Sign up. To eat or not to eat, that is the question regarding red meat. A new set. Uh, to eat. What's your yeah, next story? Eat. I, I figured it out. Michael, <laughs> do you have a vote? Eat. Eat. 
A new set of recommendations by experts from seven countries says people don't need to cut down on their intake of red meat and processed meats like bacon, sausage, or ham. Brought to you by the Meat Council. The group Nutrarex, which published its finals, or findings rather in the Annals of Internal Medicine, says its review of previous research shows anywhere from no or none to a small association between meat and diseases like heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. The scientists say if there is any downside to eating meat, it's so small it wouldn't be worth changing your diet. Hello! After decades of being told by the government, to uh, part of any governmental plan for how you should eat includes eat less red meat. They said, eh, it really doesn't make any difference. The only way this could be better news for me is that they also said, and Hot Pockets count as vegetables. <laughs> so, I grew up in a world yeah. where you're supposed to eat margarine. Right? right. That's trans fat Instead in of tub, butter. Everybody. Lots of fat. Yes. Um, and... Well, lots and lots of carbs. Lots of and carbs. plenty of trans fat. And uh, worry about eggs and meat. Right. Don't eat eggs and meat. Eggs and meat are just the worst Ooh, for you. And butter, yeah. oh my gosh, how could you possibly do Eating that? Eating fat will kill you. Carb up, my friend, and lots of sugar. Sugar, don't even worry about sugar. As long as you're not <laughs> eating meat and eggs and That's butter. at the tiny little top of the food pyramid. A tiny bit if you insist. People want the This beef. is why I've entered the portion of my life where I no longer listen to anybody. I just, I just, I just, I go by my own judgment. Because I've been lied to enough times on so many different things, I'll just go with my own judgment. <laughs> and cookie dough is the best for you of all oh, things. Oh, cookie dough is horrible for you. That's your news. I'm, I'm, not, Mar- I'm not trying to claim cookie dough is good for you. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. If I get the word from the docs, God forbid, that there's no hope, I'm going to have a tub of cookie dough next to me at all times. Watching a ball game, just reach over, grab a little spoonful. That's what you're going to do with your final minutes on Earth? Watch a ball game and eat cookie dough? <laughs> Having trouble getting to sleep? No, I'm talking about if, you know, it's an extended period. If I'm shot by the Chinese cops and I'm bleeding out on the pavement, no, not so much. <laughs> right. They say, Joe, you have six months. I'm going to think six months of cookie dough. <laughs> I'm an optimist. There you go. Six months of ball games and cookie dough. Yes! Uh, I think it is the most important and maybe the only uh, important story in impeachment. We'll have that coming up in just a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's obvious that the cable news droners have decided in their desperate, desperate attempt to get some audience, any audience, that they're going to drone on about the impeachment oh. thing in excited tones all the time, like hoping s- that if you dip in, you're constantly hungry for that. Oh, boy, okay. We're not doing it here. There, there's some interesting stuff to discuss, but we will not drone on endlessly about oh, I got the one important story that I'm going to shut up. Back to cookie dough talk. Oh, and I heard, because I had to leave early yesterday, I heard you guys playing the Bill Maher clips from his show on Friday night. We're going to do those again early for those of you yeah. who didn't hear him, because it's really interesting stuff. He's a nasty little dwarf, and he's wrong about a lot of stuff, but he's honest. And that I appreciate a great deal. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, this is what we've decided to do, I think, handling the whole impeachment thing, for better or worse. Because I think, similar to since Trump announced he was running, uh, the media is going to go run with some sort of Trump headline every single day. Right. 
uh, acting like it's the biggest thing that ever happened. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, frequently 48 hours later, and yet, nobody even remembers it. 98% of the time it disappears, and it, it, it didn't need to be talked about at all. And then, unless you just enjoy talking about the Trump story of the day every day, which I don't, um, th- there's no need to cover most of it. And I think the same is going to be true of impeachment. Impeachment itself is a very big deal. I have a lot of interest in, but every wrinkle every single day, not so much, if nothing new has happened. Right. There are times that I will indulge myself in countering the mainstream media narrative because when it becomes inescapable, you know, it's polluting people's thoughts to my mind. But I think this is I think the story in the whole thing is going to be public opinion in the polling. I think that's why Nancy Pelosi went with the angle she went with where she kind of, you know, she had dipped her toe in impeachment before. Now she's in up to to, to, to the, the knee on one leg. Mm. in the impeachment pool, but she could still pull out if she wanted to, if public opinion doesn't get behind her, and and, and she's hoping not pay the price because um, she's watching the polls, and they have moved quickly. So on September 25th, which is today's October 1st, so it's a week ago, um, should President Trump be impeached and removed from office? It was 37% yes, 57% no. In five days... From September 25th to September 30th, the should Trump be impeachment moved from 37% to 47%. Moved, <laughs> moved 10 points in five days. That is when the transcript came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a 20-point win for the Trump side, and now it is even, 47-47, which sort of backs up the other poll that we mentioned yesterday. So the poll I just mentioned is the Quinnipiac University poll. There was a CBS poll out yesterday. 55% of people supported Pelosi's announcement. I don't really know what that means. Do you support Pelosi's announcement? I don't really understand the question. but I'm pro-inquiry. It was 55 to 45. So uh, the, 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 there's, there's some groundswell moving that direction. We'll see how long that lasts or if it swings back or whatever. Yeah, well, and as I made the point, I think it was yesterday, that's not shocking to me when the the almost the exclusive narrative of the corporate media is taking the most damning sounding moment or or report or paragraph or sentence or whatever then interpreting that in the most damning possible way and then discussing it with the most overheated rhetoric they can come uh, come up with without sounding completely ridiculous I just happened to be listening to some of that in the lunchroom as they were waxing incredulous about the Australian angle in which the president and his peeps said to the Australian uh, prime minister, hey, we're trying to get to the bottom of how the Mueller probe got started, the whole Carter Page affidavit and the Steele dossier and, you know, how uh, the FISA court, how did that get started and who was pushing it? And the idea, well, they just went to the assumption that that was, again, an outrageous abuse of power. So people are not only less concerned about the intelligence services and the FBI perhaps running amok and targeting people for political purposes and then leaking to the press, uh, which is highly illegal. They're not only less concerned about that than, than the, the discussion with the Ukrainian guy, the new Ukrainian president. They're not concerned about it at all. They don't care at all about that. And I would argue, and I know I'm right, that that's because the the far left young people of our corporate media 
Just they have no interest in that story. They're only about bringing Trump down. And and, and a Trump will shorten my life. He stressed me out. I wish for the love of God he would not do dumb stuff that makes it harder to defend him. Uh, but the the priorities are so out of whack, those poll numbers don't uh, surprise me a bit. But that's what's going to push it one direction or another. If she feels like there's support out there for it, it'll keep going. Um, uh, yesterday, I actually wanted, I wished I could have jumped through the TV and been on the panel. I was watching an MSNBC show because I just wanted to, to throw in something that I think would have added to the conversation that Chris Matthews was having with a number of journalists. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have sat there and said, look, you guys might be right this time. He might be in trouble. This might be a big deal. But let me tell you what your biggest problem is. I have heard each of you say this very same thing like a dozen times in the last three years. With a high degree of certainty, right? With exactly the same uh, tone of voice and, and, and level of enthusiasm. This is big. This is the time. This is the one. And it turned out to be nothing. You have said exactly the same thing over and over. This time you might be right, but I'm just telling you, you got to recognize for your audience, you have said this a dozen times. Right. You're just going to keep saying the same thing over and over again. And it's, it is, it is, it really is the boy who cried wolf. You've cried wolf so many times that this time I have trouble getting excited about it. But you know, the boy who cried wolf, which is a fabulous metaphor and everybody knows it. Wolf, wolf, he cried because he wanted the attention. The boy who cried wolf didn't go on cable news for weeks at a time saying, the wolves that we spotted were of the uh, northern Alaskan variety. They breed in the following way. There were seven wolves. It appeared to be four males and three fa- Going into long... De- de- I said weeks at a time. Years. Two years of the Russian conspiracy hoax, okay? I mean, this guy, he earned a PhD in wolf science in this case. He's completely discredited himself. Uh, Saturday Night Live mocked that whole thing. So they did that late in the show. I, I missed that. I, well, I have the sense that the that most of the country sees the first hour up to the news and then doesn't see the last half hour. It's a 90-minute show. But they had a sketch later with a news set. And they were talking about this, is Woody Harrelson said, is one of the anchors. I think this is the turning point in the Trump presidency. And then they flashed back to like eight other times that Woody Harrelson character the news character oh, there that had one, said, yeah. "Oh yeah, I think this is a real turning point in the Trump presidency." Um, so they were mocking that whole idea, and it's yeah. mockable. Yeah, so we'll see. You know, my final note on this thought, and uh, Tucker Carlson did a pretty good job of of mocking this last night. He had all of the people who were doing the media rounds, all of the Democrats and their spokesholes were going around, and they were all using the term uh, "national security." This really hurts our national security. Uh, Jim, our national security is at stake. We could run that maybe a little later on in the show. They were all, obviously, you know, the talking points that they hand out included that phrase. And, you know, if you, and it's obvious why they're doing that to me. If you look at the actual conversation with the Ukrainian joker, um, you know, there's the pressure to investigate the origins of the Mueller report, and then he moves on to Joe and Hunter Biden, which to my mind was, was unnecessary, dumb, and probably an uncool way to run diplomacy. Um, and I'll say, hey, you Trump fans, you're mad at me for that, I'll get over it. It probably wasn't a good idea. But, and listen, I've studied national security my whole life. I'm thinking as hard as I can, how does that affect our national security? 
Now, you want to make the argument, well, the president's so mercurial and he just they, he can't be counted. Other leaders don't know what to make of him, blah, 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 blah. You know what? Maybe you're even right. But that's a you're making the case that he's not a terribly good president. That's not an impeachable offense. Otherwise, we would impeach like half the guys we've had in the last 75 years. You tell me exactly how, saying, look, th- th- there's something there. You ought to look into it. Can you look into that for me? Threatens our national security. It doesn't. And the, the specific allegations, I'm telling you, they lack gravitas. They lack weight. And so they're trying to add weight to them. So I hope we can get to this story later. There's not a lot to it, but I just I found it entertaining. And the New York Times gave it a fair amount of space because they must have found it entertaining, too. The headline was, Lebanon's prime minister gave $16 million to a South African model. There's not much of a scandal here in that he didn't use uh, the country's money or government's money. money? He, he's this crazy rich gazillionaire. Yeah, he's okay. worth a billion and a half or something. <laughs> It, the story is just really that it happened and this exists, I guess, that this sort of thing can happen. He was prime minister of Lebanon. He's married with kids. He he becomes just fascinated with this 20-year-old model oh, who had never made more than $5,000 a year in her short adult life. Oh, boy. And he ends up giving her $16 million over a couple of years. Cars, houses, trips. It's just incredible. Don't let your junk do your thinking for you. It's just incredible. I don't mean to be crass, but I have it on good authority. You can get a hot model for a lot less than that. There are plenty of million dollars. Armstrong and Getty.